Hello and welcome to the the very latest Forever Blue podcast and this one's a special one because it's been recorded on the day of the last home Premier League game of the season um, which was a couple of hours ago as we record this uh, which was the Everton 5-0 victory last appearance of Sergio Aguero his last two goals his record-breaking two goals the presentation of the trophy it had everything 10,000 fans back in the stadium as well uh, first of all, I just want to say a big thank you to Charles Louis Group, the advisory business who sponsor the podcast. Thanks very much to them. Really appreciate their support. They're a development finance and mortgage advice and estate agency company. Uh, they started out actually just as a simple mortgage company offering buy to let for first time buyer and moving home mortgages. But now they provide support for the whole property transaction process, including an independent estate agents, an expert commercial financial team and a renowned mortgage team. And without them, there wouldn't be a podcast. So big, big thank you to them. Um, if you want to go and look on their website, charleslouis.co.uk, you'll have a phone number on there. And if you're buying, selling, whether it be commercial property or private, I'm sure they'd be delighted to help you. Now, tonight's uh, podcast is a sort of a bit of a cast of thousands, um, which is, seems appropriate on this one. Um, at the moment, and we might be joined later by others, we've got Amy, we've got Louisa, we've got Tony, and we've got Will. Who, Will is the, the man who um, edits together what needs to be done for my some of the uh, bits of the podcast that you see on the YouTube channel, and also puts up the podcast every week. So um, very nice to have Will with us as well today. We might get Paul and Andy and some of the others a little bit later on. Um, now, I know Will has been to the game. I've been to the game. And as I'm sitting here now, we're recording at 20 past nine on Sunday evening, UK time. Um, I'm, my, my pants are soaking wet and I've literally just come in from the car and, uh, and, and sat down to do the podcast straight away. I guess it's like that for you as well, Will, is it? Have you... Have you dried out yet? Because it was a pretty wet occasion down there, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've, I got home about half an hour, 40 minutes ago. But yeah, like it's like going to change all my clothes, get into something fresh and warm. But um, it's one of those days where it literally could have thunderstormed and nobody would have minded. It was just a perfect end. Well, it's not the end of the perfect end to the Premier League season. We've still got one more to go, obviously. Well, just tell us about your experience, because like me, you were there and... Uh, the other three that are with us at the moment weren't at the stadium. So for those who weren't there, what was it like? Oh, it was nice to be back. It was it was it was like being back at home again. Um obviously it was couldn't wouldn't have been City game without crazy queues. Uh it, it felt like they only had one entrance open for the whole ten thousand fans. But other than that, once you got in the it was dead smooth, dead easy, dead safe, and just brilliant to be back. The the only thing that was missing was the full crowd really. Everyone who was there was in high spirits, was singing really loudly, but you could tell it wasn't a full stadium. I can't wait for that next season. I was recording a vlog at the game, so I was talking to people beforehand. I haven't actually put it together yet, but hopefully it'll be up later tonight. Um, obviously, you could be what listening to this podcast on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, in which case perhaps it's up and you've seen it already. Uh, but the thing that came across to me when I was asking people what they were looking forward to in the game was they weren't talking about 10,000 people being back or being back in the stadium or even the trophy presentation. Everything was about Sergio Aguero. That was that was the absolute theme. And is that how it felt to you? Is that, that what the overriding oh, feeling was? Definitely. It 
it's what it is. It, I felt the, the privilege today was to see Aguero. If it wasn't to see the trophy lift or to be back after the amount of time, the privilege was to be able to say goodbye to Sergio. And and the, the majority of the banners that I saw and everyone was wearing their Aguero shirts. And yeah, 100%, he was, he was the focus of today, which rightly so as well. Now, I, I can't deny, and I've said before on the podcast, that during this period when we've been watching games in empty stadiums on TV, a little bit of the emotion has gone for me. Um, I mean, obviously, this, you know, I, I can't deny I'm a, I'm a lifelong blue and I am a very emotional person, but equally, it's not felt quite the same. And, you know, the moment that the emotion came back was when Sergio hit the ball with the outside of his right foot into the bottom corner. Well, when he was first coming on, actually, but certainly when that ball went up in the net without thinking about it, I leapt into the air and I, could, and I actually felt close to tears and I thought, wow. Where did that come from? You know, that, that's how it felt to me. What did it feel like to you? The, the, the bit that got me was was at the end when all the uh, all the famous faces were doing the um, doing the tributes, and it was his video. And just just thinking back to the amount the amount of memories that man has given us. Um, yeah, the the, the 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 game of football itself almost seemed irrelevant, which is a shame because we played so well and scored some amazing goals. It it's just. It was almost a, a memorial service. One, it was a reflection on Aguero rather than a game of football. <laughs> it was actually, though, a very good game of football, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, obviously, let's go to Amy next. Uh, Amy is is the uh, the number one cheerleader for Sergio. So we've got to come to you first. You unfortunately didn't have a ticket for the game. So tell me what the experience was like watching it from afar. Um. Well, I uh, wrote on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter this morning. Uh, obviously, Twitter doesn't give you enough uh, characters, so I had to dumb down my uh, homage to him. But um, I was writing it and I was reading it out and I got upset. And I, then I thought, you silly girl, what are you getting upset for? Um, but yeah, it was just... You know, you were just hoping and praying that he was going to be like, and then when the team read out and I thought, right, well, he's not playing. I thought he's got to be brought on in the second half. Um, But for him to come on at the time that he came on on his very first game was just, I think that was just the fitting tribute. Just just that little, them little minutes there. Um, But yeah, it's been, been, obviously when we first heard that he was going, um, I was obviously really, really upset. And then today I was obviously upset again. Um, next Saturday, I'll probably be just like in some like sort of wallowing mess. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, it was really, really emotional. And it was Pep that set me off. It was Pep crying that like the tears actually came through. I'd held it together for the whole of the game and um I got a bit teared up when he scored, but it was Pep, just like Pep getting upset that really, really like, you know, that man's had a lot to deal with over the last few, you know, obviously because of COVID and his mum dying and Sergio going was probably the, you know, the straw that brought the camels back to him. You know, he he um, he let his emotions run and you don't normally get that. And it, that was, you know, that for me was the the pinnacle of me just bursting into some sort of weird mess. And I know people think I'm daft and all this sort of stuff, because I do get it. I get abuse on Facebook and that, but I don't care. I love him and I'm going to miss him a lot. You know, he's he's bought us fans 
absolute memories that we will hold, you know, dear in our hearts forever. And uh, not just the 9320, everything that he's done. The guy is just the loveliest person in the world. He has no ego. He's dead down to earth and he's going to be missed. He really, really is going to be missed. There's no one ever going to replace him. Definitely not. Well, you shouldn't apologise ever for idolising a, a, a player. I mean, when when the, I was stood in the rain waiting for John Bell, actually, John took the, the trophy out to be presented to the teams. And I've spoken to John quite a lot during the last week. I know he's going to be going to Porto as well, so I'm dead chuffed that, that Colin's son will be will be over there. Uh, and I stood and waited for ages for John. I don't know whether he nipped out before I saw him or, or he was in there quaffing the champagne. But either way, I didn't get to see him. But I saw a few of the players coming out. Uh, one of which is is a player that it, it, I suppose I love Sergio like everybody else does, but I'm really a big fan of Fernandinho. And he, he actually came out while I was stood there and uh, I can't deny I got a quick selfie with his medal. So uh, it was worth standing in the rain for. Um, <laughs> obviously, Louisa, you watched the, the, the game on TV and I know that my wife and son were watching. The, they couldn't get tickets, but they were watching the game at home and they said they showed the whole of that hour and a half of you know, waiting for the stage to be built and the Blossoms were performing and, and then everybody came out one by one and the whole thing was shown on TV. So did you, did you uh, get emotional? I mean, you know, t- tell us your 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 story. Uh, well, it might be a bit of a non-story, I don't know. Um, I've actually had another podcast to do and I didn't realise that they were going to show all of that on Sky um, and I was genuinely gutted that I haven't really been able to watch it and I had my iPad I you on. recorded it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the facility because I actually use somebody else's Sky Sports um, that, that they very generously allow me to put one of my devices on their system because you know I'm not in a position where I can I'm one of the the fans that are outpriced by this kind of thing Uh, I can't afford Sky Sports so I only have one device so I can't record it so if anyone has recorded it uh, that can send it my way I'd really appreciate it and because I had the volume down while I was on my pod, other podcast, but I could kind of see what was going on and I could see Pep crying, you know, and I could see the the um, tributes on the screen and I was dying inside because I couldn't actually listen and, and listen what was going on. Um, but of course I could still sense what was happening and, uh, you know, and it was great that Micah was there as well. You know, obviously he's been a pundit all season, but it was fantastic, you know, him being such not just an ex-player but just such a big fan too um and I, I kind of think though that even the commentators were were getting gushy and you know for the team and they apologized on air for saying we're, we're sorry we're sounding a bit one-sided here at the minute but this is just something really special you know that that's happening and it was it, it was great of them to kind of acknowledge that and and explain it um because no matter I think what kind of fan you are or you know you've got to be neutral if you're a pundit sort of thing they could appreciate that match and they could appreciate the enormity of um not just Sergio scoring and scoring twice but what he's brought to City and what he's brought to the Premier League just as a player so if he'd have played for Newcastle if he'd have played for West Ham they would still be gushing and saying the same thing uh, because he has brought 
we all know there are exceptional players in this world and then there are there are good players and great players and I think Sergio is definitely up there with the greats that people talk about even you know your Pele's and your Ronaldo's and Ronaldo um, and I definitely think that Aguero's name is just going to be spoken about for years after this. I must say, I think the club do these things very well now. I mean, a few years ago, I was, I was over a, um, a Schalke game at the end of the season because that's the other team that I follow in Germany. And they were saying goodbye to a couple of their legends. And I thought, why do we not do that at City? And now we've started to do it. We've started to do it properly. I mean, obviously, the David Silva one wasn't as it could have been because... There was, there was nobody there. That's the most unfortunate one. But we got it right for Vincent and we've got it right now for Sergio. And, you know, we, we're starting to, to do this in the right way. And uh, although, it, you know, it was an hour and a half and I felt as if sometimes a very, very minor criticism, it could have been speeded up a little bit. But overall, I think they, what they do is, is actually very good. Tony, I'm used to hearing the more cold calculating analysis of everything. Were you emotional, Tony? Let's get to the bottom line. Was there a tear in your eye when Sergio uh, said goodbye? Um, no, not really. Well, yeah and no, to be honest. Um, like Amy said, it was more Pep that got me. Um, it just shows the impact that he's had on everybody at the club, uh, not just the fans, but, um, you know, I think a lot of the press like to say he's fallen out of favour with Pep and to kind of try and make something there that isn't. And it just shone through for me that, load of bull um to be up for frank it's um just shows that it you know the relationship they have and i think it is purely injuries for the reason that he's uh been let go this um for next season um i don't see it any other way i think the word legend is banded about far too often when it comes to the premier league or to a football in general um and it was funny because as we were watching the game uh earlier on today um, I had the little anomaly. Uh, she loves watching the football. Uh, it's just kind of follows it around like that, a bit like uh, backwards and forth. And um, whoever I've said to me, she won't remember Sergio. Um, to her, it will be your your Colin Bell in the sense that my dad would always tell me, you know, about kind of uh, the greats, and I never got to see them, obviously. Um, and she just pointed that out that it would be, although obviously at seven months old, she won't really have a clue. But it w he will be my Colin Bell in that sense that. I will wax lyrical about him for years to come. The goals, what he's done for us, what he's meant to us as a as a team, pulled us out some dark moments, some of his crucial goals. Um, similarly with David Silva, as we said earlier, um, and Vinny and uh, even Yaya Torre there. So uh, definitely a club legend. Um, and as Louisa said as well, Premier League uh, legend as well in my eyes. It's uh, a debate we've had on. WhatsApp with a couple of Reds, really, and um, trying to tell me that uh, Nisaroy is more of a Premier League legend than uh, Sergio, but I think that's just the Red bias. Um, they can't get those red tinted glasses off. So do you think uh, that that's it now for Sergio? Or, you know, I mean, he scored two goals there, and they were two special goals, I have to say. Now, it was an end of season game, you can argue. It was a 5 0 victory at home to Everton, who, you know, did have a little bit of an attempt to get into Europe, I think. I'm, I'm, I've not seen the, the final table, etc. But those were two quality goals. And you sort of think, well, the very least they've got to do is have him on the bench in Porto and consider bringing him on. And, you know, wouldn't it just be the perfect end to, to this man's career if he was to come on and 
and, and nab the winner in Porto. I mean, Tony, has he convinced you that he should be in that team or near that team, or is that goodbye? Um, at the minimum, he should be on the bench, whether he should start or not. I'm never going to second-guess Pep because he knows best. I'm asking I'm... you your opinion, not you to second-guess Pep. Um... <laughs> Yeah, um, I'd start him. I think, um, for me, he's just a natural in front of goal. Um, you can put a blindfold on him and nine times out of ten he's scoring. Um, so, for that reason and that reason alone, I'd have him on the pitch uh, against Porto. Oh, well, that, no, that's you may be seen as a controversial comment. I think I know what Amy's going to say, but what, what do you think, Amy? Um, I'd, either, I'd, I'd do what, what Pep did today. Um you know, what he's like with his little niggles and stuff. So um, I'd probably bring him off the bench and let him let him score the winner, that, you know, that he's done today. That, you know, that would be, you know, it could be the next 93-20 moment, who knows. But, yeah, that would be, that'd be good. Well, I'm delighted to say that, in, well, he's, he's uh, just adjusting his lighting as we do this by Zoom. But I'm delighted to say that um, uh, John Bell, who took the trophy out to uh, give it to Fernandinho and Sergio and whatnot, is joining us now for five minutes. Uh, John, thanks very much. Uh, I got soaking wet waiting outside the ground for you and you never show. So thanks for coming in the drier situation. What? Just tell me what that, that day was like for you and your family. Oh, it's just... It's just flown by. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know what to say about it. It was um, first time out for my mum for about a year in other people's company and we had a box there so she could sort of avoid um, seeing people and going through the same conversation with everybody. Um, but it was a very emotional day. Um, all the kids had a, had a great day. Um, myself and my sister were there. Um, carrying the trophy out was... Um, it was a great tribute for Dad. Um, so the club have done a lot over the last year to to continue his legacy and allow you know it's the first time we've been inside the stadium uh, since his death and allow the fans to sort of show their appreciation to him. So it's just yeah, I'm just absolutely exhausted now. <laughs> just came home, the kids have just dived into bed. And the reason, yeah, the reason I was uh, I had left you hanging outside is uh, the, the kids had the opportunity to have their picture taken with the Premier League trophy and then we're talking to Caldoun and um, you know Vicky and some of the other execs of the club that we're not seeing for so long and Mike Somerby um, but yeah it's just a very emotional and uh, the day just flew by it's like uh, you know like your wedding day where you just don't really remember very much and probably reflect back and think about it um, but it was special yeah really special day very touching as well that they removed all of the sheets that were all around the stadium, apart from your dad on the halfway line. Uh, they kept him very prominently there, which was, they didn't need to do that, but I thought that was a, a lovely touch for them to do. Yeah, they took um, all the other banners down and they told me they were leaving that one there. I didn't know how full the stadium would feel today with 10,000 and the way the fans were Positioned in the stadium made it feel, you know, more than 10,000. Um, so I thought the club did a, way, a good job in that regard. Um, and they made plenty of noise. It's just, you know, it's a shame it wasn't a full stadium, wasn't it? And um, But it is what it is at the moment. And so the club did an excellent job at 
today and that yeah the banner was really prominent i was waiting in the tunnel to come out with jake who presented the medals and i was with his dad and you could just see the image of dad as you're walking out um and then i had a a long chat with john stones at the end and we were talking about when he'd scored the goal in the semi-final of the league cup at old trafford um and he talked about pep's team talk on that day and how it you know influenced the players and Fernandinho said the same as well. So, you know, I had those very personal moments when the players had finished going around the pitch and Pep as well said some nice things to me, um, which made it, you know, a very special day. And then <laughs> as we're exiting, um, Sergio was on his way out. I don't think I've ever seen him go out the front entrance in 10 years. Uh, it's a bit opportunistic and the kids just um, loved having their picture taken with him. So. For the family, it's a day, you know, we'll never forget. Um, but it's just feeling that we're back with family again today. It was part of, you know, something we've not been able to do before, to see the City fans, to see those people that we'd not seen since Dad had died. And, you know, to have that personal connection really meant a lot to us when we've been dealing with it really in isolation over the last, um, the last few months. Well, I know I felt emotional. Um, I felt emotional because obviously I became close to your dad and through him to you and, you know, watching you carrying that trophy out there and, and knowing how you must be feeling. And then I, I, whilst everybody else watched the trophy presentation, and of course I did as well, I also had an eye on you and you went over to one side and stood there, you know, thoughtful. It, that's how it seemed to me anyway. Um, you obviously didn't want to take the spotlight, I'm sure, from from the young lad who had the, the brain tumour who was giving the medals away. That's the way I read it. What, what was going through your minds? Did you just feel as if you wanted to get away from it all? Um, so initially, you know, the very emotional thing was when Vicky Kloss asked me to asked me to do it. And, you know, I was in tears and Vicky was on tears on a Zoom call. But I didn't, I didn't agree straight away. I went away to speak to my mom and just say, is it right? Because there's so many other people um, who would be uh, worthy of doing such a thing. So it was really just representing dad, but it's not about me. So it's a case of putting the trophy and walking off. And I did just, and as I stood there, I was looking at the banner of dad and just, you know, had a little bit of time thinking about him. Um, and, you know, I felt away from it at that point and I could then just reflect on the, on the day and I just thought that normally when I'd be there, I'd have my dad on my side and it was the first time, you know, that I was on my own. So, yeah, I did think about about that for a bit. But it was nice. I saw, um, you know, Brian Kidd came over. He was very close to dad and, you know, he comforted me for a bit. And um, it was nice to be there with Jake as well because he's had a tough time with his dad. And they had three generations there. His grandfather's favourite player was my dad. And his uh, um, his his son, um, Son Mark was um, Sergio Aguero and then Jake, um, oh, sorry, was Silver and then Jake um, admired Sergio Aguero the most. So it's, yeah, for me, it wasn't about me at all. It, so it was just trying to recognise dad and then um, exiting and having a bit of time to think about things for myself. Well, all I can say is on behalf of everybody who's, who's listening you, to you and who watched you on the pitch or maybe has just watched you chat now, our thoughts are with you and your family. Um, the club clearly 
do really care. I mean, they showed that today, the way that they dealt with Sergio Aguero, the, the way that they dealt with your dad. Um, you know, the, the, they have such a heart. I mean, it's, it's such an honour to be a City fan. And I don't say that in a, in a <laughs> forgive me for saying this, but a cheesy way. You know, it, it comes from the heart. Uh, they're a club I've always been very proud to be connected to. And, and I think what the way they treated you and your family says everything about the wonderful club that Manchester City is, doesn't it? Yeah, I agree. There's, there's certain people that we're very close to and it's, it's, maybe the fans, you know, not aware of some of the names, but, um, you know, Vicky Kloss is in charge of communications and Danny Wilson is operations director. But there's a few there. My dad's boss, Tom Mahan, who was the, um, you know, hospitality manager and <laughs> dad always treated him as uh, it, uh, Tom's probably in his early 30s and dad always um, treated him as though he was the guy who was going to fire him if he if he stepped out of line or did anything wrong um, but they're just a really nice group of people and they've um, they've always you know they've always been there for us um, but I suppose dad never asked for anything he he would never be knocking on the door making strange demands and you know we, we've never been like that and we just have a very close relationship with them and they've been great to us over the last um, few months, but that's not changed, I'd say, since Caldoun took over um, all those years ago. And it's not just the money and it's not just what we do on, on the pitch. It's everything off the pitch, what the organisation is about. Now it's uh, it does have very much a family feel to it. Well, it's great to hear. Um, I know you've had a busy day, an emotional day. Uh, John, thanks very much for joining us on our podcast. We'll let you go and get your head sorted out and lots of love to your mum as well and to your sister Dawn and, and every, all the members of the family, Colin's um, grandchildren. But thanks very much for, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. Pleasure, Ian. Always great to see you. And I, I know how much you meant to Dad and I know how much you mean to the City fans as well. So it's always um, always nice to talk to you. And I'll see you in Porto, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> right. Take care. Thank you See very you much. John. See you soon. Bye. So that's uh, that's John Bell joining us on the the podcast, which is very nice of him. And when you hear that story and you hear what he went through today, um, you know, it, 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 I guess it just puts into perspective what the club's all about. I mean, I know Tony now and again, you know, we all have our little gripes and moans and whatnot, but they are a fantastic club. Let's get it right, eh? I, I kind of feel that um, but, uh, we've all got stories, we've all you know, got experiences with Colin. Um, my personal one was that um, nothing was ever too much for him at all. And he didn't walk around like he was this big legend, you know, that's the... the that was sort of the name that's been thrust upon him. Um, it, you know, it, he was just so humble and so lovely. And, you, you know, you guys know I worked up at Burnley for a while up at their football club and they would have their legends too in the executive areas. And um, they were family. They, to me, you know, I was, I was working alongside them. And I, I distinctly remember feeling exactly the same when I met Colin, you know, over at Manchester City. Um, in, in that same environment, in that VIP hospitality uh, experience that, that he was a part of. And, you know, it was exactly, it felt like that, it felt like family um, to everybody. And I, I think that's possibly why he was so endearing to people as well. Absolutely, very humble. And that's the message you get from Sergio. I mean, 
uh, I'm, sh I'm sure um, uh, Amy was listening to every word that he said, but I thought it was quite funny when um, he was being interviewed and he was asked about his performance in the 93-20 game. And he basically said until the moment he scored, he wasn't playing very well. But he didn't use that word, did he? He was a little bit stronger in that. Um, I wonder if, if geniuses and, and football heroes, almost by definition, have to be humble. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, you know, like a lot of footballers, I, I mean, City don't really seem to have, I mean, you know what Mendy's like and you knew what Bel Balotelli were like. And But for me, City players are quite humble people. You know, like look at Phil Foden, like that lad could have gone off the rails with all the money that he must be getting. And But he stayed true to his, you know, to his family and he's grounded the... The guy plays fishing on his days off, like, you know what I mean? Like, he don't go around going, oh, I'm going to go to the casino and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Like, he's just a really, really down-to-earth guy. And I just, you know, like, I just feel like, you know, all right, I might be biased, but I just feel like the City lads are like that. They are quite, you know, company was dead down-to-earth. David Silva was. They were all about the family and they was, you know, the because they come from you know, humble beginnings where, you know, like Jesus was like cleaning shoes in Brazil and, you know, like they just, they come from like little small beginnings. And I think that's why they like they are because they started out with nothing and they've ended up, you know, these people that we idolise every, every weekend and they get all the money, but it doesn't seem to go to their heads. And that's what I like about the, the lads that we've got, you know, we, they are really, really nice guys. I mean, I've, like I say, I've managed to, been very fortunate enough to meet some of my my heroes of, of you know, of my, with my time to now. And um, everyone that I have met has been, for, you know, has been thoroughly lovely. You know, they've been, they don't, they don't have to be. Like, when I met Sergio, I was giving him his Player of the Month award. He could have been an absolute, ass with me you know he could have gone oh right yeah but he wasn't he was really really sweet and it was dead funny because he couldn't really speak English so he, he asked me like do I have to speak English and I just went well I can't speak Spanish so someone's got to have to draw the line I said I can only speak a little bit um so we had a laugh and it you know and he looked after me and my mate and he made us feel really really welcome and that's that's all you can that's all you can ask for and I just think we have got a really really decent bunch of lads that play for us we're very very honoured. Let's talk briefly about the game that happened today I mean it was a in theory a dead rubber um, but I actually thought City played some lovely football I mean the you know the movement again and, and and I was sat a little bit higher than sometimes I am at games today and having that overview and and seeing the the way that it was swept around and every single player I mean I've said this a few times on the podcast and in newspaper columns that are that are right you know that it's about um, every single player in that team being being near perfect uh, obviously you saw it in the flesh again for the first time for a, a while Will and a, a mate of mine who went to a game a few couple of seasons ago said when you're actually there it makes all the difference and sometimes we forget when we keep watching games over and over again on television just how quick it is what, what was your view of that game today so for, for me what I enjoyed seeing the most especially in the second half once they the attack the the end opposite to me 
it was the it was the centre backs. It was John Stones and Ruben Diaz, and the amount that Ruben Diaz talks and organises and brings the line forward, and 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 it reflected in John Stones's performance, who I thought it was imperious today, was unstoppable. Every single header he went for, he won. He must have won like four or five headers, crucial ones, and and the two of them just seem in such good tandem. I can understand why Laporte hate, Laporte isn't playing such a good defender isn't even getting a look in because the link up between Stones and Diaz for me today was just really interesting, really, really good to watch. Um, I also, it just, it was nice to see Diaz for the first time in, in the flesh. It was nice to actually give him a chant and let him know that we appreciate him and because it must be weird joining a new club and playing for so long and not having any fans there and not getting any, any feedback, any sort of... Um, you know, love. It's always nice to get love from the fans, so it's good to give it. Good to give it, Ruben today. How close do you think, um, Tony? I'll bring you in on this. How close was that team that started today? You've already said that you'd like Aguero to start in Porto, but effectively, do you think that was pretty much the team that will play in Porto? Yeah, I think that was um, definitely very close. Maybe. I've- one player maybe here or there, but I can't see it changing too much. I think that will be the team that starts in Porto. Um, and I think they played like they wanted to start in Porto. Um, I think every player played like they were playing for a spot. There wasn't really an end of the field, uh, end of the season field to the game. Um, I think there was on the Everton side slightly. I think they were slightly dirty at times in terms of some of their challenges. Um, but I think we played really well and every player played for that position. Um, and even, I know you mentioned earlier in terms of Sergio's goals, but I think, you know, other players had just as many opportunities and wouldn't put those away. Um, and it was only Sergio that would. And that's why, you know, for me, I think I'm always going to be biased and say he will start. But at the same time, being realistic, I don't think he will. I think that team today will start. Maybe not Sterling, I don't know. Um, just Pep hasn't really... Uh, Started him in the Champions League the last couple of times. So that's the one I'm thinking might not necessarily start. Well, let's bring in another one of our team, our Forever Blue team. Um, he was at the game today, Harlan. I know you got soaking wet like I did. Um, <laughs> heard from Will, who was at the game. Give us your personal experience of what it was like to be back. Uh, well, in general, it was brilliant to be back. It was, <clears throat> it was different. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't different. I'm sure Will agrees. It was different in the terms of the fact that it wasn't as loud, maybe, but we did our very, very best to generate as much sound as possible. Um, It was a wet one. Um, There was a few people that maybe didn't look as happy as they maybe could have done um, with having a ticket to the the last game of the season. I suppose it's each of their own, isn't it? You know, we 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 all enjoy games in different ways. We all smile in different ways at different times and whatnot. But all round here, yeah, it was it was a great experience in terms of just getting back in. And I personally, and I don't mind admitting this, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate to this that listen or that are on the pod, that that it did it did a world of good for my mental health today, being back in the stadium after so long, uh, 16 months without watching a live um and today felt like all the heartache, all the upset, all the anxiety. Uh, and the acute depression that you feel when you've not got that one thing that you that you have to go to on a weekly basis to kind of, you know, um, put all your energy and your your adrenaline into. Um, 
it returned and I felt I felt like a part of me, a part of the Harlan Fallen Jigsaw returned today. Do you think this will now get you through the summer? Because sadly, I know you're not going to Porto, um, so you're not going to get back to another live game until August. Has that done you enough good to get you through to August, do you think? Yeah, it's 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 kind of like I say, it's it's made up for a whole 16 months of no live football at City. And it's it's given me that it's given me that kind of that lift that I needed. And I'm now obviously I know not not everyone is an England fan, but I'm gonna really enjoy watching the European Championships this summer. Um and I'm looking forward to next season. But to anyone that didn't get a ticket for today's game. I'll be honest with you. There was a lot of fans in there that, that, that and I, you know, a very avid listener of the podcast, Mo Surrey, uh, who I think we all know off Twitter. I told her that I'd sing for her and I'd, I'd do my very best. I today went in um, as 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 the usual me um, and tried to treat it as much like a normal match day as possible, singing, chanting, um, and to be honest with you, I thought the stewards were really good. Um, usually, you'd get a you know, a, a killjoy steward, as we used to call them at the Latics back in the day, that would try and calm you down and quieten you down and tell you to sit down. And to be fair, there was a lot of respectful fans today and, and we all maintained our social distancing and we all looked after one another in terms of that. But we also sang our hearts out, enjoyed the experience and made sure that we we kind of held on to every ounce and every minute that we could in the ground. Because like you say, and I'm not going to another live game now, but I made sure that while I was in the ground, I consciously thought to myself, I want to make the most of this three hours that I'm in here um, with the extras afterwards, the trophy lift and the Sergio tribute. So it, it was a fantastic experience. And I saw five goals live, which is always a great thing. And they were all quality goals. And I saw Serge score two. And I saw him score two against Swansea on his debut. And it was a perfect poetic ending to a fantastic striker's legacy at City. So just before we move on to the Champions League final, which we're going to have to talk about in this podcast, because it's the last one before the big day, just to tell me your experience, Harlan, of those Aguero goals and, and the emotions that you went through. Uh, well, I saw him warming up and uh, I spoke to a chap next to me and said, it, it's got a surge goal written all over it, this. Um, he'll come on and he'll bang one. He came on. And I wouldn't even call what he what he did with that first one a banging. It was more of a a cheeky little. And I think I think nowadays the kids call it swaz into the uh, into the bottom corner. It was it was very cheeky. And there's only a few strikers in the world that can finish a ball like that from that angle. You know uh, what? Pep's mentioned a few times he's compared him to Romario, and because he hits him, I don't know if anybody remembers Romario, the Brazilian striker, and he used to take a short back uh, drag with his foot and hit it. Often hit it with the outside of his foot like that. It so reminded me of Romario. And it's for that stunning, and it was stunning. City goal. It was stunning, and do you know what? As well, the composure to to turn Godfrey inside out and almost sit him down and then have the audacity to even try and uh, outside of the foot curl it into that far corner against England's number one goalkeeper, which is obviously up for debate massively, in my opinion. Um, but I think for me, the second one was was the one that lifted me more, I think. Oh, no, the first one did, but I think the second one, it was, it was Sergio scoring a bullet header and from where I was sat, I mean, I sat there on sentiment. I said it on the vlog, Ian. 
And for those that don't know, I sat there on sentiment because I sat right behind the goal that he scored um, in against QPR for the winner. Uh, and I wanted to sit there because I had a feeling that Serge would score a goal at that end in this game that would be pivotal or that would be a really enjoyable, memorable moment. Um, and I couldn't have been sat behind that header any more directly if I'd have tried. I mean, if you'd have put a skewer in between myself and Sergio and turned us into a kebab, I'd have been level with the header. Uh, do you know what I mean? I was that, and, and I saw every bit of it. And the way the ball moved, he's kind of headed it and he's flicked it and it's moved outwards and gone in. It was pres- it was beautiful. Um and the, the the ground erupted. And I know you you admitted to me after the game that you've admitted on the podcast many times, Ian, that you're not you're not a huge singer, you're not you're not a huge uh boisterous fan, if you want to call it that at games, but even that goal lifted you up. And I think that that I leapt out of my chair and 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 I was starting to sob. I can't deny that. Well, to see Cheesy leap out of his chair was 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 a fantastic sight for ten thousand fans. I wish I'd have seen it, but yeah, you know what I mean? It's it was a great, it was a it was a brilliant, brilliant uh, brace from Serge, and it was sandwiched in between a great goal from Gabby Jesus, a fantastic goal from Phil Foden, and an unbelievable finish from Kevin De Bruyne. We couldn't have asked for five better goals in one football match, and let's not forget it was against a very, very good Carlo Ancelotti Everton side. They weren't poor; we were just too good for them, and they are a top ten side, and we we literally ripped them to pieces for. For, for 92 minutes. Right, I'm going to ask you a quick question, all of you, to, to give me an answer to this one, and then we'll get on to the Champions League final. Um, you may have seen that I tweeted out um, that I believe a deal for Harry Kane is getting very close. Uh, it's not done yet. It's not done until it's, until it's done, you know, so things can go wrong. But uh, from a very good source of mine, um, I was told that the deal is almost done. It'll be in excess of £100 million. It could be players going the other way, uh, but it does look as if that is a deal that's going to happen. Now, things can change, of course, so I'm not going to go on at all about it, really, because it hasn't happened yet, and I'm reluctant always, anyway, to get involved in gossip, and I wouldn't have put that out there. I wasn't quite sure, but obviously, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But if, let's say, it does happen, Harry Kane comes in. Is that something that gets you excited? Can he be the new Sergio Aguero? Let, let's go with Amy first of all. What, what do you think about Harry Kane? If he if he came, he's I'm no doubt not denying he's a good player. He is a good player, but he gets injured quite a lot as well. Um, I can understand why he's wanting to leave Tottenham. You know, when you become a footballer, you want to win stuff and. At Tottenham, he's not winning stuff. Um, I say I'm not denying he's, you know, and he 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 does score some amazing goals, and he is always in there. But we've just oh, I think she's frozen. So we'll, we'll go to Louisa while she unfreezes herself. What's she like? Was at the stadium, that Ian? Hey, we were froze <laughs> at the stadium, weren't we? <laughs> go on, Louisa. What's your thoughts if he was to come, Harry Kane? Um, I think I'd concur a little bit with Amy there that, um, you know, he's a great player. There's no denying that, you know, even during the the World Cup that we had for England, outstanding, and the guy can score goals. Um, I think he is a City player. Um, I think there are some players that perhaps aren't or might need to develop a little bit more to be one. I do think he'll fit in quite well. 
Um, we do need someone to replace Sergio. Um, Jesus has been on and off all season. And so he's playing really well today, I've got to say. Yeah, oh, 100%, not denying that. Uh, just talking general. Uh, Sterling, for me, has really gone off the boil this season completely. Maybe he's going to be one of the ones that swapped. Or I have no idea. That's, that's not even any kind of whiff of knowledge. That's just uh, throwing it out there. So I do think that a couple of the players that we do have that, that were goal scorers and that are goal scorers could afford to be replaced by somebody that does get more goals than they do. Um, so I can see him fitting in. And I think initially when you think of a big player like that coming, you automatically sort of go, no, no way, just no, no, we're all right with players we've got, we're fine. But if you actually, I had a very, very quick think about it as you were asking Amy, and I thought, do you know what? I, I'm not going to say no. I, I, we do need play. We do need players. We do need someone. We've still not really replaced Silva, uh, David Silva, and, you know, Aguero's going now. So why not? Let's get him. Let's see what the guy can do. Um, there is one thing that I wanted to add about Aguero going, which comes from something we were all talking about a little bit earlier, is that there's that feeling, I think, for me personally, is of fear. You know, we're losing this most amazingly great, talented, gifted football player. And you become frightened. You're like, oh my, what are we going to do without him? What's going to happen? Are we going to start losing you know, we're never going to win again. And, we, and then the camera, as I'm thinking these thoughts at the end of that match, sort of went on to Phil Foden. And I just thought, oh, no, it's all right. It's okay. We've got Phil Foden, you know. And, and there's and Liam Delap coming along and there's Cole Palmer <laughs> and there's, there's other players as well. Yeah, but I think that proved, he's proved himself, Foden. He's absolute proof. He, the, the, the consensus was that he got substituted... He, because he's so important now to that Champions League final. I'm not sure that was a genuine reason. We don't know. That is definitely, I agree, Louisa, 110%. But, but, but for Foden, to see him in that camera shot, as you're having the thoughts of Aguero leaving, and within within two camera shots, Foden's in on the screen, and I'm thinking, phew, no, it's, it's actually okay that Aguero's going. What am I worried about? Look at who we've got. Let me get three quick bits of reaction from Will, Harlan and Tony about Harry Kane and then we'll move on to the Champions League final. Will, go on. For me, I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's just... there's some. I don't know if it's because he's English, but it just doesn't seem very exotic to me. Mbappe or Harlan just seem a lot more exciting. That's that's who I'd pay £100 million for. If we, can, if we could get, get Kane on a good deal, maybe, but... There's just something about it that he's his third choice for me, basically. Mbappe's first, Haaland second, and, and Kane's third choice for me. Tony? No. Um, you wanted it short. Um, <laughs> Can I leave it there? You don't want um, it. I mean, if you look at, you know, the sky I'd on earlier in terms of the statistics for the season, you know, most goals, most assists, and all the rest of it, and Harry Kane tops the chart, so you can't deny that he does it, you know, um, year in, year out. Um, is he a City player or is he... I don't think that comes into it. I think is he a pet player. Um, but then also Neville Murray's the point of he's actually not said he wants to go anywhere. His words have been put into his mouth in that degree. Um, would we pay £100 million for him? I can't see it. I think a lot of clubs are playing the poor card at the moment with regards to COVID. Um, so I think the price tag's too high. Personally, he's just one of those things. I know we've all got certain players that you just don't like for whatever reason. Um, and unfortunately, Kane's one of mine. 
Um, I don't like how quickly he can go to ground. He tries to win those penalties. Um, and I don't like to see that in players. Um, so that's one of my main reasons that I don't like him in that sense. But he is quality. Um, but I'd throw it out there that like we had the conversation last week of do we actually need to replace Sergio and look at what we've done this season, minus Sergio. So I know everyone thinks, well, Sergio is a big loss, and he is. But at the same time, do we need a direct replacement like for like with how we've been playing without him? Harlan, what do you think? Harry Kane. Great player. Uh, agree with Tony 100%. Addy's got some very, very bad traits that I don't think Sergio had. I don't think we, as fans, like the kind of traits that I'm talking about. Like Tony said, the the the, the buying of of penalties and the, uh, the, the, the tiny bit of slyness. I mean, players have got to have a bit of that in them. I get that. You know, you've got to be a bit of a maverick and whatnot and and try things and be clever. And I think they called it clever clever forward play and all that. But for me, is, is Kane a lethal striker? Yes. Does he know where the back of the net is? Yes. Is he is he rapid? Has he got bags of pace? No. Is Haaland quicker? Yeah. I just feel that somebody like, and I know he's not playing well at the moment at Atletico and he's not even catching the team, but someone like Joe Felix or a, 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 a Lutero Martinez into Milan, they're more of an Aguero type player for me if we were looking to to bring in someone in that mould. Ken's not in Aguero's mould. Haaland's not even in Aguero's mould. Haaland's more of a Lewandowski type striker. Um, Ken's like a Drogba type um, in that sense. For me, would I accept him if he comes in? Yeah, because there's nothing any of us can do about it. If Caldoun decides to 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 uh, and Cheeky and Ferran decide to 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 spend that amount of money on him, and Pep gives it the thumbs up. He's our player, and I'm sure we'll all back him then. Um, but but there's a part of me that says, well, if I had the choice, would I go out and buy someone else? Yeah. And there are there are other players out there for me that are better all-round forward players that can drift and pick up a ball in a false nine position and then players as a, as a, as a number nine and whatnot. Um, when we signed Sergio... I, I wasn't agree the- with you, Harlan, 100%. And with Tony as well. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't an either or. It was just like, what yeah. do you think of him coming if he comes? So I've an, I've answered honestly. Yeah, well, I agree but with I'd that. Yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent want Haaland over anyone. He's my number one, and then Beppe as well. But I'm like, yeah, yeah one hundred percent. I'd rather have somebody. But if this is almost a done deal, that's what I mean. Then, then we've got to yeah. we've got to kind of we've got to kind of give it the thumbs up and say, well, do you know what? He's our player. I'll be I'll be lying if I said that when we signed Raheem Sterling, I was over the moon with it. I I was absolutely really act off. That we'd signed Sterling from Liverpool. I didn't think that we'd signed a good, a good, not a good human being, but a good role model uh, in that sense. When we signed him, I thought we'd we'd we'd, we'd fagged a lot of money on him. Um, he turned into a, a quality player, and, and and without Pep, I don't think he would have done. So so you can kind of bring a player in, and I'm sure that if Kane came in as Kane now, that Pep would kind of drill that kind of stuff out of him. Um, and turn him into his kind of striker. But when we signed Sergi and he wasn't a, a, an all and out, you know, an out and out number nine, he played out on the wing for Atletico. He played as a number ten. He played in a false nine. A more rounded forward player is Ken, that forward player. And like we said, do we go back to limiting ourselves to to to, to playing with, with with one striker when we've worked so hard this year to to do it with 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 all the other players that we've got to make it work in a different system. I think one of the question marks with Kane as well, um, and as I say, I do think he has 
ability. I don't think he's a natural um, forward in that sense. I think uh, it comes naturally to Sergio and Kane's even admitted he's trained to be uh, how he is today. But I think one of the question marks would have to be is, touching on what Harlan said, will Pep have long to work with him? Because obviously with regards to Pep's contracts and stuff, but also um, can he do it not playing week in, week out? Because some players do thrive off that consistency and that form that they get from playing week in, week out. And he does that at Spurs. Whereas at City, he's not going to be starting every game. And will it take him three or four games to get his shooting boots on? And is he going to get those opportunities of that run of games to be able to do that? Um, and, you know, these are all questions none of us know the answer to. But I lean on the side to think that <clears> he needs that run and he needs to be that main man to be able to get the performance he gets now at Spurs. Well, let's move on to the Champions League. What I would say is that if Kane comes, because I'm not saying it's 100% done by any means, but it certainly seems to be going in that mm. direction. I wonder mm-hmm. if he could be um, Pep's Van Persie, because if you remember uh, Fergie towards the end of his time brought in a player um, for one season, as it happened, but you know, could Kane be the man who comes in for at 28 years of age for Pep's last two seasons? We'll see. Anyway, that's a subject I'm sure we'll come back to in the future. <clears throat> Champions League now. Um, I mean, I'm on my way, hopefully, touch wood. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, and we'll be over there covering a game for Sony TV India. I'll be there, of course, as a fan as well. Uh, and we've seen that uh, I think it's 5,800 City fans are going over, a lot of them on the day trips. Um, and it's so there's going to be a good atmosphere there. Um, there's a lot of things that have to be done. I've got to have, for example, a COVID test on Monday, another one while I'm there, another one when I get back. Um, I've just been checking now whether I need another one to go into the press box. It is going to be quite a complex and and certainly for a lot of people, despite the fantastic generosity of the shape with the, the flights, yeah. it's still going to be a very expensive trip, I can tell you that. Um, but, you know, for your team, you do what you've got to do and, and sit you in the Champions League final. Uh, I just wonder, and, and by the way, the next podcast that we do, I think we're probably going to record... Um, effectively record it on the Monday after the Champions League final on a Saturday because I'll be travelling back late on Sunday evening. So we're probably going to record it on Monday evening. So if you're expecting the next podcast to be in your box, if you're a subscriber on the Monday morning, it might be a day later. So just, just be uh, mindful mm-hmm. of that. I don't know if any of you uh, are lucky enough to be going to Porto, um, but I just wonder what your, your thoughts are on, on the whole thing. And, uh, Now's your chance to spout on whether this is going to be the biggest season potentially in Manchester City's history with a Champions League, Premier League and League Cup treble. Um, I know it's the quadruple at one stage, but where are you? Are you, are you nervous? Are you typical City? Are you, you know, are you, are you confident? I've got to say, um, I, I, obviously, I go back quite a long way watching City, so I suppose I should be typical City. But you know what? I'm quite confident. I'm quite confident. So who wants I'll to jump, go first? You know, I'll, I'll jump it. in first because I'm far too pessimistic for leaving it on a, uh, a downer. So I'll leave that to Harlan to finish us off with the optimism. <laughs> um, but yeah, nervous as anything, um, leaning towards typical City as I do with most games. So uh, a friend of mine is lucky enough to be one of the uh, few thousand that are going. Um, we've been speaking about it before and even just making the journey. Uh, yeah, nervous. nervous. I've settled in a week early. I don't get nervous for big games, um, at least not until the day. But with the Champions League final, it's already hit. 
Um, and yeah, um, not that I doubt Pep, the players. I just, it's a Champions League and anything can happen. Um, yeah, I'm just not confident. But then again, I hope I'm wrong. Me, me too, Tony. Hey, me, you, you've got a big smile on your face. Hopefully you won't freeze this time. Are you, uh, are, are you confident? No, I'm never confident. Never confident. I, I just, you know, first time we ever spoke, Ian, and I said about how superstitious I am. And, you know, wearing, mm. having to wear, like, the, any, you know, anything we sit on, on the day just to make sure that like you know nothing goes wrong you know putting your left sock on first or whatever or you know silly things like that so um no I'm I'm like Tony I I you know I it's the same when it's derby matches you never know what's going to happen you know VAR which can go in the bin um you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. It, you, it all depends on the day and how things are and how the ref's going to be. And Chelsea are one of them teams where they either play exceptionally well or play absolutely poop. So, like today, they've lost today. Um, you know, you but, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And it would have been nice if they could have brought the Champions League over here, you know, but hey-ho, you know, what am I? I'm not. I'm no politician or whatever. But um, it's a shame it's still got to be played abroad. But anyhow. But yeah, no, I'm with Tony. I'll I'll be until that final whistle goes and there's a, a lovely big, massive trophy in uh, Fernandinho's hand, and then that's where I'll be happy. But until then, no, I'm I'm with Tony. I'm the same. <laughs> I think the well, only thing me and Amy can guarantee will be the tears at the end, one way or another, yeah. whether they're happy or sad tears. Yeah. <laughs> or we cry, we're crying in our beer somewhere, or like, you know. Um, I remember when when uh, when we won the league, when Aguero scored, I was like jumping up and down, going, Yeah! And then I sort of dropped to the floor and was like, Oh my God, we've just won the league. And like, they're just, it was weird. This weird mm. sensation just appeared like from like nowhere. And I think I just sat on the floor and cried. And then I just thought, So yeah, I'm probably, you know, hopefully I'm going to have one of them moments. But I'm, yeah, I'm with Tony. I'm sticking to the way I am. Well, let's hope next week Chelsea are poop and you're crying on the floor. That, that'll do for me. <laughs> Louisa, what's your mood? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to answer, but I'm like, Will's not spoke for ages. I'm like, Will, I want to hear what you want to say. Um, anyway, all right then, you've asked me. Um, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm well up for this. I think we're going to win it. Um, and especially after today, you know, you know, I love this very quick, you know, single touch passing that went on today was amazing and the accuracy. Um, and some of those crosses off the Bronya were absolutely beautiful. The distance and the curve and the precision, one particular one that went straight to um, Zinni's feet, you know, who picked it up there on the other side of the wing. Wow. I mean, if, if they can all play like they play, Edison saving the penalty, we've not even spoken about that, you know, and wasn't that great? Um, if they can all play like that, and they can all score the way they were scoring today. Yeah, you know, if they start off playing in the first few minutes that way, then, then we're on and we're going to win. Will, follow that. <laughs> right. Louisa was waiting for me to say something, but it's not going to be good. I've spent the past week thinking of all the worst-case scenarios. Every, 
we're going to get done by VAR, we're going to get done by a dodgy refereeing decision, we're going to, Pep's going to overthink it and do a bizarre tactical formation and get it completely wrong on the night. Yeah, I'm, I'm joining the negativity train. There's just something I can't shake that's... Well, for those who can't see Will at the moment, uh, I'm very jealous. Uh, I'm sure Tony probably is as well, because Will is a head of hair. But I bet by the end of next sun Saturday night, he'll have none left. He'll have yeah. pulled it all out. <laughs> yeah, he has. He's actually grown his hair. He's looking very handsome tonight, is Will, for those who can't see. Thank you. Appreciate it. Right, let's move on to the, the, the handsome man at the end then, um, to give us the, the pep talk. Over to you, Harlan. Well, Will's gone full on Bianchi tonight. I mean, he has gone full on Rolando Bianchi tonight. That's wow. the look. I was, that's that's what I told the barber. I got a picture and pointed to him. It's either that or he looks like a tennis player. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Yeah, Ian. Uh, you asked me. I think Louisa was on me the night that you asked me about the PSG tie, and I said we'll win. We'll win two 0 or two one in the first leg. Get through in the second leg, and then we'll go into the final. And Serge will score the winner in the final. Um, I keep I keep replaying. I don't know if any of you remember. You probably all remember it. We, we beat Villarreal in our first ever season in the Champions League 2-1 at home in the 90th minute. Uh, Serge scored back post. Very similar to his goal against Swansea. His first goal. And the roof came off. Um, I keep seeing that goal in the back of my mind. But against Chelsea in the Champions League final, a 2-1 win, City win. Um, Sergio scores the winner around the 80th, 80th, 90th minute. Mystic nerve. I just, I mean... Don't me make you, it to the 80th or 90th minute. Let's get a couple of goals up early on. <laughs> yeah, no, what I mean is, I mean, we'll score the opener, I think, and then I think it'll be a tricky one because then it's about whether you go for the second and get caught on the break or whether you... You know what I mean? It, it, it's going to be a proper tactical, tactical game, this, between two top, top managers. And like Will said, will, will Pep overthink... Will he, will he worry too much about Tuchel? It seems to me like Pep shook off the Leon nightmare of last year, um, believing in his own ability, his own tactical out, outlook and, and his, own, his own style now again, where he's not worried too much about, you know, in the big games this year, he's gone with his gut and we've managed to come through a lot of them. Um, forget what happened against Chelsea in, 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 in the cup final. Um you know, forget what, sorry, in the cup semi-final, forget what happened in the league. Let's look at what happened early on in the season when we played with a false nine and we battered them. We absolutely took them apart. Lampard side or not, them players were the same players and, and he's not really tweaked that much, Tuchel. So I, I think I think we'll win the final. Um, it's not going to be that straightforward. It's going to be a tricky one and we're going to have to be at our very best. Like Louisa said, players are going to have to be making sure that passes that they play are crisp. They're going to have to be quick. They're going to have to have a decisiveness to them and everyone's going to have to work for each other. It's going to have to have a bit of second half PSG first leg, first half PSG second leg about it. Um, starters are mean to go on and if every player does their bit and doesn't worry too much about what someone else is doing, if each player does what they know they are good at, in turn, they will all pull off a fantastic performance. And you, Mr. Cheeseman, will be bringing home Gary Lineker on the plane. <laughs> well, listen, thanks very much to everybody that's contributed tonight. Uh, Amy, Louisa, Tony. 
Will, who's normally behind the scenes, Harlan, who's always in front of the camera, and uh, Mr. <laughs> oh, Dr. John Bell, who joined us briefly before as well, which was, was great to have, have him. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much to charleslewy.co.uk, uh, the Chartered Mortgage Advisors, uh, and lots more besides who support this podcast. While I'm out in Portugal, fingers crossed, because I've still got to have my COVID test tomorrow, but assuming that I get out there, um, I will be vlogging from out there as well. Um, so look out on the Forever Blue YouTube channel uh, for some visuals of fans and what it's like out in Porto. And hopefully you'll subscribe. It's all free and you can follow the adventure out there as well. Um, when I did the vlog today, there was one point when the team were lifting the trophy up and jumping about a little bit and... Uh, I got that in the background while I did a piece to camera and I just said what I always say and today I meant it more than ever before. Isn't it great to be a blue? <laughs>